1: Gary gets here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly, up he goes, changes direction, this is Rugby League folks, have a look at it, links up with Cherry Evans, it's still on for Manly, away from Hess, kicks infield, look who's there, Tom there. Tra- Good my goodness!
2: G'day and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast, proudly presented by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. No Tim Williams on the podcast this evening. My name is Max Bryden, your host for tonight. Our thoughts are with Timmy and the whole Williams family uh, after recently losing his old boy. Uh, a bit about me before we get in. You might recognize my voice from the SC Playbook Supercoach uh, Cricket podcast uh, over the summer. Uh, and when I'm not looking at the beautiful summer game, I'm playing Supercoach in the winner. Finished topped 1K in my first year as Supercoach last year, thanks mainly to all the advice I grabbed from this podcast. And while I can't offer you all the amazing insights that Tim can and his analysis of the game, what I can do is host a conversation with a bunch of blokes who know a lot more about me. I'm a fan just like you, so I'm really looking forward to the chance to speak to our two experts today. The first, of course, the 2019 Supercoach champion, Dez. How you going, Dez?
1: Yeah, cheers, Maxi. Um, not too bad, not too bad. I scored 1100 last week, um, which was pretty good considering I didn't have Nico Hines. Uh, Walson's probably still in disbelief that I've gone up ranks without him. But think, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just a matter of having depth in the right positions across the park where you can cover guys like Hines. I don't have, don't have Harry Grant either somehow. Um yeah, don't have either of them. They're huge um, antipods going into this week with Melbourne and Cronulla going head-to-head. So yeah, sitting nice. okay.
2: Very well played. And our other expert for tonight, 2019 runner-up Walson Carlos. Wals, how are you tonight?
0: Yeah, good, Massey. Yeah, good to have you on board, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, Desi. Uh, oh, oh, I was pretty shocked, actually, because we were chatting throughout the weekend and um, you thought you were going to have a bit of a shock, but uh, for fee to come through for you and and that's uh, and you're probably not in a like you said not in a bad position shaping up for this round because the sharks are taking on the storm and that's most likely to be a low scoring one so it takes out a lot of captain options but uh, yeah uh, I had a fairly yeah fairly fairly good weekend um, 1232 points moved up into 1675th place so I'm pretty happy with that after you yeah, know five rounds um I left a few points on the table with a few selections um you know I haven't really been running with Josh King but he's been killing it um I just feel like you know just even that tri-assist that he got from a offload that he had his back to to the, to the line and that sort of thing has a bit interpretive but um yeah good luck to him but uh, I sort of he's just sort of been jagging them points here and there and I haven't had him and just a couple of other things. I've probably left, you know, 75 to 100 points on the table. But, I mean, that's everyone's story. That's super coach. So, um, yeah, in a good position and looking forward to this week.
2: Good news, Walsh. Uh, we won't spend too long talking about my team because I had an absolute Barry. Just cracked a uh, 1,000 points after updates after the weekend. Lost about 6,000 spots. Back to 12,000th after a pretty big week before... I was pretty happy bringing in Campbell Graham into my CTW, but um, at the expense of Katoni, who I thought I'd been pretty patient with uh, up until that point, really hurt. Uh, On today's show, we'll be talking about team news, assessing Supercoach 2022 and how we've adapted our own strategies. We'll go through the hot topics, the round six trades and skippers, and a few questions from social. So first, jumping into the major team news and a fair bit around of that today. First game of the round, the Canberra Raiders versus Cowboys. Now, firstly, on Canberra, we're finally going to look at Xavier Savage, the exciting rookie. He'll be in jersey number 14 off the Raiders bench, which means that there's a the potential that he'll have a nice low score in his average Uh if he does ever get a spot in the uh, the run on team, uh, Matt Tomoko also named despite injury with Croker in the reserves and the Cowboys. Plenty of interest in Ruben Cotta after last week when he had that negative break even. He still got a pretty good uh, break even this week as well. But unfortunately, Cohen Hess back from injury. He's back on the bench. Uh, Jermaine to newer Brown as well, a reasonably popular cheapy. He is out. Uh, whilst did you bring in Cotter last week and what do you make of this Hess move?
0: Uh, I didn't bring in Cotter. I was tossing up between Talakai and Cotter, and Desi and I were throwing it around on the chat uh, all weekend. And um, I ended up going with Talakai because of the huge break even, and I wasn't unhappy with that. Um, but I, but my plan is to get Cotter in this week, Maxi. Yeah, like I'm, I'm very keen on him. Um, I didn't see anything that sort of um, would dissuade me from it. In fact, looking at their bench, I think it's actually a better setup for him because if you look at their bench on the weekend – um, they had Helam Lukey, Griffin Neame, um Jermaine Tanoa-Brown and Jake Granville. And I looked at their bench this week and I thought it was a bit more appealing. So i um, just having a quick look at their bench now. Um, they had, I thought they had two forwards. And he's, so they've got Helam Lukey, uh, Reuben Cotter, Jake Granville and Connolly Lemalu who was like a center winger that they've converted into a front row middle, but I'm thinking he's going to play minimal minutes. So I think it actually shapes up for Ruben Cotter pretty well. What are your thoughts on it, Des?
1: Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind Cotter. I also went for Talakai um, last week, like Walsh. Um, but yeah, I, I really like what I see with Cotter. Obviously two, three minutes into the game, he made that line break. And I was just, yeah, I was thinking he was going to go huge, but Luckily, they kind of just eased him off in the end, and he only got, I think, 49 minutes, um, which is kind of a concern, but Codra on 50, 50 minutes is still very good. He's still going to crank out 60, 70 points a week, so I can see him being a very a very good um, mid, mid-range mid sort of option.
0: Yeah, the 49 minutes is a bit of a concern, Desi, Um I guess, you know, I think Timmy put it down in the notes as something to refer to. Like, he has, in the past, he's got... 55 and 59 or something like that. So he's a bit down on that. And also the 49 was in a golden point game. So um, I just put that down to being a close game. Maybe Peyton got a little bit caught up with his interchanges and didn't get him back on. But when he came back on, he looked. his leg speed was just – like his speed around the ruck is just awesome, Maxi. So I, I, I would recommend him to people. Um, I think he's a 50-plus score every week. And at his price, he's still a value proposition for me 420 or 430,000 thereabouts.
2: Yeah, good call. And I think we know with Chris Randall fattening up, maybe reaching his peak next week, that handy jewel from Cotter. Uh, could be a really nice way as well to to help get another player out for Randall. Um, looking at the next game of the round, the Rabbitohs will take on the Bulldogs. Blake Taff has taken that fullback spot, as expected, with a Mitchell's hamstring worse than first thought. He's looking at eight weeks out, and we'll touch on uh, Blake Taff a, a little bit later. Uh, the Bulldogs, Kyle Flanagan retains number seven. Panthers versus the Broncos. The Panthers are 1-17, to 17, and at the Broncos, there's a few changes. Paynehouse House asked for a week. Um, now, whilst surely one-week suspension for Payne Haas, he's a hold.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, it's probably one for Desi because he was, he was sort of tossing it up when we were talking about the two weeks maybe uh, going for a bit of a super pod play. But um, I think I'm going to keep Payne Haas. I mean, you've got a bit of coverage there in the King brothers. Um, and, you know, I've got Arrow there. Now you've got Tomalolo, who I could move up there if I didn't want to play Josh King. So. Yeah, there's
2: plenty of options. Good to hear. Now, the next game of the round, we see the Manly Seagulls taking on the Gold Coast. Des's boys. Garrick retains the fullback spot. Morgan Harper's out with COVID, which means that our boy Cooler is named for his third game in the centers. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of interest there. Uh, those on Josh Schuster watch, he's still not within the reserve. So Andrew Davy will play there. Uh, for the Gold Coast, Brian Kelly is back with Corey Thompson the way to make uh, the room in the back line for them. And Jaden Campbell's still not part of the team uh, with Jermaine Azarko wearing the number one jersey. Sharks vs Storm should be a really big game down there with two teams in form. Talakai again named in the centres. There was a bit of late mail during the week that maybe uh, Connor Tracy would be back around round eight, giving him a bit more of an extended run. Um, didn't unfortunately pick up that DPP for the three of us who I know traded him in. Um, but did still make a, a lot of money on the weekend with his score of 59. Um, guys, Talakai, this week, is he still a buyer given his break even? Des, what do you think?
1: Um, I don't think so. I, I think I think you'd be hard-pressed to bring him in this week. Um, it Though it is, yeah, it is obviously extremely good. Yeah. Uh, um, a good fixture for the actually no, it's no, it's not a good fixture at all. they for the sharks. Um, yeah, no, you wouldn't you wouldn't be uh, bringing him in against Melbourne, that's for sure. I'd almost be tempted to sit him this week, um, but he's just looking so strong every single run. He could have gone one hundred and fifty. We were saying before the broadcast last week against the Tigers, he was really close to, to two or three times there, um, and still tackle busting every run. Um, I can see him getting a forty or fifty against Melbourne, but you could probably sit him.
0: Yeah, I don't mind him, Desi. I actually don't mind him running against that uh, right side defence. I think if you wanted to run against anyone, um, it'd be that right side defence of Melbourne, um, the Melbourne Storm, you know, if you wanted to run on one side of the field. Because Remus Smith can, um, can struggle at, at stages, and he's got a bit of a strength um, uh, deficit there, I think, Talakai, so he could uh, get it over him, a few tackle breaks. I was really impressed with him. He, did, he didn't get much ball go his way, but it could be the type of game where they game plan for it, hit a few short sides and try and isolate um, Jerome Hughes and, and Remus Smith.
2: Sitting out there on the uh, left-hand touchline, watching him in that second half up and close and personal was just a thing of beauty. The man is absolutely enormous. And as a Tigers fan, I was really, really scared. Uh, and then, yeah, I think the scoreboard flattered us in the end. Uh, looking at the next game, we see the Roosters up against the Warriors. Angus Crichton again on the bench after playing um, inflated minutes last week. Uh, Takiyaho is also back from a calf strain. He'll be making his way back to the team for the bench. Interestingly, we see Sam Verrill's back at hooker for his first game of the season, which meant Drew Hutchinson out of the side. And we see uh, Connor Watson move into that 14 role, as was expected the, uh, with his whole recruitment. And there's no Billy Smith or Suwali with Kevin Naguama remaining on the right wing. Boys, but there's a bit of talk, and, and we'll get to this later in Hot Topics, about the Roosters and they're a bit clunky in their attack. Do we think Sam Verrills is going to make a, a bit of a difference, Wals?
0: Uh, To be honest, I haven't really thought about it that much. Uh, yeah, he could. I mean, I guess his service is pretty good and he's a genuine dummy half. But... Um... Yeah, I think I'm. I'm not that high on the Roosters this year. Like I, I saw Robinson on NRL on uh, 360, and he was. He said they're building into the season, and he seemed pretty confident in what they were doing. But uh, they haven't looked great. I mean, like they got home on the back of Joey Manu probably the last couple of weeks. You know, like just Joey Manu brilliance, like and like you know, sort of unfashionable tries from dummy half. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I think like you know, Barrels will be a plus, but I don't think he's going to be a panacea by any means. What do you reckon? Does he?
1: Yeah, I reckon. I reckon you're just saying that Walsh, because the the Warriors are up against the Roosters this week, so yeah, he's, he's probably sitting and hoping the Roosters stay, um, stay out of form. But I think they might give the Warriors an absolute beat down at the SCG. No, um, they
0: could. They could. But my Warriors have been going alright, Desi. Those,
1: <laughs> those <laughs> yeah, those 2 p.m. Sunday games uh, at the SCG, though. I tell you, there's there's points on offer. And despite myself captaining Tedesco for 28 last week, um, I might be finding myself with the, the captaincy badge on him again um, against the Warriors.
0: Yeah, it's not about shout. I mean, he tends to carve up, and the Warriors have shown that they're a bit uh, vulnerable up the middle, and particularly, like you said, like a day game. Um, they have played a few day games, the Warriors, so they're, they're familiar with it, but uh, they do get a bit loose up the middle. So, yeah, we'll see what happens.
2: Looking at the Warriors, DWZ's back replacing Marcelo Montoya on the wing. AFB is named to start. Curran at lock with Aitken and sirinen in the second row. And Katoa back. It uh, was dropped last week. He's on the back replacing Murchie. Having a look at the Dragons and the Knights. The Dragons welcome back. Uh, the Josh McGuire, not sure how much of a difference he's going to make to their fortunes, but he'll be uh, restarting uh, his first game of the season from the bench. And Josh Kerr replaces Aaron Woods in the run-on side. The Knights, a lot of talk around bulk injuries uh, earlier in the week uh, and there's a few changes to boot. Edric Lee returns to NRL for the first time after what must have been a really debilitating foot injury. Uh, he replaces Dom Young, who we heard just this afternoon will be out for about three to six weeks with his injury that he picked up last week. David Klemmer as well, named to start on return from injury uh, and a big watch on Brody Jones as well, who are in the second row and we'll talk a little bit about that man later on. And looking ahead at the final game of the round, the Eels versus my Tigers again, bulk changes. The Eels, Pennicini pushed out to the left wing, getting some very valuable real estate out there. Great news for owners. He'll replace Wanga Blake. Uh, Nia Cora will move to right centre in place of Pennicini. Madison back to the bench with Sean Lane named to start. Mitch Rain on the bench again for any Mahoney owners, and Hayes Parham named on the bench for the Eels having a look at the tyres, gee, some of the rumours coming through this afternoon about the chaos we we're going to see on their TLT were very, very juicy. I think two of their five skippers uh, dropped, so there's only three left. Um, at least maybe that's why they picked so many. Um, Dane Laurie back from COVID. Malmolo, Malmolo, Malmolo Little, Peachy and Gildart all dropped. Ghana are going to remain in the centres with James Roberts back and Hastings and Brooks. Well, they've just switched jerseys. Uh, having a look at that, Eels, what do we think it means for Penicini, uh taking over that left wing spot, Dez?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be in points. It's, it's as simple as that, really. He hasn't really been getting those attacking stats um, out on that right centre spot. Um, we even saw, like, when the Eels go for their spread to the right, they like to have Isaiah Papali'i um, in that centre spot on attack. He runs that line. Um, they have Penasini running back on the inside and they just don't pass it to him that much. His base stats are good. They'll, they'll probably remain pretty good at um, at wing. Um, he'll, he'll probably get 40 in base. But I'd say, yeah, he's going to score a few tries this weekend. He could even be a good captaincy shot right at okay. the
2: death. Absolutely. And speaking of captaincy shouts, we'll get to it later, but whilst how what odds are you giving Mitch Moses to break the supercoach record this weekend up against the West Tigers, given how well he performs at Combank Stadium and how downtrodden the Tigers are? Oh, I'd give you
0: pretty healthy odds. I don't think you'll get anywhere <laughs> near that, Maxi. But yeah, you haven't got much faith in your Tigers, boys. But um, no, look, I mean, it looks like a bit of a mismatch um, playing at Combank Stadium. I mean, they fire up Monday afternoon. Um, against, you know, a West Tigers side that's on the rack a bit. But I actually like Jackson Hastings coming back for the Tigers and I like the fact that they've given him the reins. Um, I've seen him a couple of interviews with him and everything he's done on the field has shown me that he's a franchise player. And um, I think they're going to try and build their franchise around him. Uh, whether or not Brooks is a part of it, I mean, that's a big thing as well. But they're persistent with him. I suppose they're paying him enough money. So they're going to see whether he can... Um, Fulfill that value because I don't think they're gonna, um, you know, get that value anywhere else for for him because uh, I'm I don't know I'm not sure what Newcastle were offering earlier in the season or over the off season like to pay like how much freight that they wanted West Tigers to pay of Brooks's but surely they'd regret that decision now Maxie wouldn't you think Oh that absolutely.
2: No, yeah, no, absolutely. It just doesn't seem like it's working and I don't think he's been a seven for, for a very long time. So I agree. It's it's really nice to see um Hastings throwing the reins and, and it should at least um at the very least make those fifth tackle options um significantly better than they have been for the three weeks that he's been out. Uh, now, the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial, and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your reference, give them a call on 9521 1611 today. And mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Boys, let's get into the taking note of portion uh that's the team list done now we ought there's been so much talk this season around the rules of supercoach the rules of nrl and the impacts that it was going to have on scoring after what was a ridiculous and record-breaking 2021 we've got a five-game sample size underneath our belts so the question and i'll pose to you first is how has supercoach changed this season and how adapting and how are you adapting your game as a result
1: um yeah i actually I don't think it's changed that much. Um, Obviously, we haven't seen the massive demolitions that we saw like some stages last season just yet, but you never know. They could be right around the corner any given week, as we saw with uh, Papenhausen with his 190 last week. So, yeah, I I think what you want to do is have a really strong forward pack because they're scoring probably 40 to 50% of your points week in, week out. Um, And it's, yeah, it's going to be especially important. Um, when when your fullbacks don't fire, like we saw this week with um, Paps and Teddy doing not much at all. So yeah, I have a pretty strong suspicion that what we saw actually this week from scoring is going to be what the average might look like um, for the rest of the year if we disregard those sco- uh, fullback sort of scores.
2: Wals, your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think it's a. I think it's an intriguing year, supercoach wise. I, I felt like you know it, it probably didn't go my way, so it's sort of easy for me to say this last year. But I felt like it was a, a somewhat a little bit boring the way you know the attacking stats were so high, and it was it was very predictable with the better teams being able to you know smash the lower teams. Um, I still think there's a little bit of that creeping in. I mean, like I said, Parramatta, Penrith at home are going to be. You know they're going to be loading up and putting racking up some scores on some teams, but um, in general, I think it's a more even competition. The 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 teams that were down the bottom have got better, um, apart from maybe West. But like I said, I think when Hastings comes back, I think they'll be a lot better um, this week. So I think yeah, in general, it's a really exciting season for Supercoach. So um, it's it's throwing up a few interesting ones that the like Desi said the scoring from the fullbacks is not as high so it, it throws in that where we're breaking a super coach rule that's been there for a couple of years which is like you've got to have two gun fullbacks like I'm not going to be running with two I didn't run with two gun fullbacks last week and I'm not going to be running with two gun fullbacks for the foreseeable future because I'm bringing in Blake Taft so um, yeah it's going to be interesting to see how people who'd who follow that pattern?
2: How their fortunes lie. Yeah, thanks, Wilson. Having a look at some of those rules that we've seen in the past around two gun hookers and and loading up on two RF. And you mentioned that you're steering away from the two gun uh, fullback route. Where do you see those other key and crucial positions emerging within the within the team?
0: Yeah, I, I think you can have two. Like it's it's strange because we've never had someone who's a gun half and a gun fullback. So. If you've got Nico Hines as one of your two fullbacks, then, yeah, you can have two-gun fullbacks. But I'm rolling with Nico Hines at halfback at the moment because that allows me to have Papenhausen or Hines and VC and C. But but not this week (laughs) because they play each other. But um, in every other week, you can look at that. But I think you're going to need Cleary at some stage. It's just a matter of when. and getting on him at the right time, so I think you're going to have two gun halfbacks because I think Nico Hines is a must, unless you run Hines as a fullback. So, um, yeah, that's probably the big thing, and I, I do think Pappenhausen is probably a must as well. He did have a HIA last week, which you know contributed to his down score, and I don't think he's going to kill it every week like he did against Canterbury. But I think certainly he's a player that you want to want in your side.
2: Des, we saw last year so much emphasis placed on the fixtures that the teams were running into. Even poor teams were running into a good g- group of fixtures. Were putting on high scores and uh, really rewarding owners by increasing in value. How much do you think that that's still the case this year? Or do you think fixtures are less important in a game where we've got more forwards dominating the scoring?
1: Um, yeah, it's a good question. I haven't really thought about it too much, but... So far, it hasn't been as important. It's always going to have its players' fixtures. Obviously, um, you, you trade in players for for the run of games that they have. That's how part of how Supercoach is played. Um, obviously, some people went for it last week uh, with Cody Walker. Um, Alex Johnson would have been two very big trade ins, but um, we saw even with the with the really good fixture and the draw, they just didn't they didn't get any points. So. Uh, Um, you can be left kind of holding the bag sometimes if you just chase uh, really good fixtures.
2: Now, whilst we heard obviously last week your amazing call about not needing to start the season with David Fafida, but where else after five games do you think has been your biggest correct call? And what's been one you haven't quite got right when considering the scoring for Supercoach this year?
0: Uh, The one that I didn't quite get right, but I corrected it quickly enough in my books is Nico Hines. Um, and I think a lot of people doubted whether he was able to transition from Melbourne because so many gun players have gone from Melbourne and, and they haven't been great at other clubs. You know, there's, you could probably name them on one hand, the players that have gone on and, and sort of got better. But he certainly looks like a player on the way up and certainly in terms of supercoach, the way they're playing him um, is really conducive to supercoach scoring. The things that I've, uh, I'm pretty happy that I've got right. I think at this stage is I've really gone in with a strategy of targeting uh, value proposition players, and that's really paid off for me. And I feel that if I can have the patience moving forward, that um, it'll pay off for me in the long run as well. Because I've got a lot of cash generation in my squad of twenty five, um, which is a bit different to what I've done in previous years because. Um, because of the COVID, you try to have, you know, sort twenty three, twenty four, twenty five live players that can play in case someone's out. Whereas in the past, I've thrown nuffs in there and tried to get and tried to use that money for value. Um, and also, I, I don't mind using the VC loophole at, at times as well. So um, that's that's been a big change in my strategy, and it's working pretty well at the moment, Maxi.
2: And Des, same question, five games in, what's the biggest correct call you've had with scoring and what's the thing you haven't co- quite got right?
1: Um, I've got to give a shout-out to my man, Dylan Brown, um, at 5'8". <laughs> our as, man. Our man, yeah, I think we've all got him. So, um, yeah, he's just been nailing it, the 79 average. Um, he's just killing it. So I think, yeah, people, a lot of people would have traded him in last week um, expecting some big things. Um, and he probably disappointed a lot of people with only 56 with a try and a try assist. So yeah, he had a quiet one. Um, I think we're going to see that from a few teams where they, they kind of sit their good players out um, from week to week. We saw it with Munster taking over from Pappenhausen last week and Paps was all over it the week before. So I think that Eels will kind of um, try to instigate that strategy that Melbourne have where they just, Rotate their attacking avenues week to week. Um, but yeah, also, I think my set of wings been pretty good. I've got Lomax and Aiken there just averaging 60 a week. Tago as well. Um, had them all from the start. Um, so I've kind of just nailed that.
2: Okay, moving into our hot topics for the week. Brady Jones, Newcastle, 2RF on the bubble, 275K. Third most traded in so far, 47 points last round, including 12 runs and 22 tackles. Walsh, what do you think? Do you like him?
0: Yeah, I think he's a fair play. Uh, You know, I think um, mainly because of the injuries, like at Newcastle, like. He hasn't got a lot of competition for minutes. He got 80 minutes last week. Um, I know there were some injuries there as well, but, um, you know, they are gone down like flies. Like Barnett suspended, Fitzgibbon's out for eight weeks. Mamacita just broke his arm, I think. So uh, even when you look at the bench, like they've named three middle forwards on the bench. So I, I don't think they're going into the game with a plan to play, you know, like to play him less than eighty minutes, and I think if he's a, if he's an eighty minute player, he scores you around somewhere between forty five and sixty five, depending on attacking stats. Um, he looked a bit short of a gallop the the first game that he played. The second game, he looked a bit better. Um, he's got a bit of footy in him, but yeah, like I certainly think he's he's a solid solid buy, but not not a not a rush to buy him. I don't think so. But he's a solid buy.
2: I put it to you this way: If you've got a nanai or a cow who's necessarily at the top of his cash, would you yeah. move a nanai to him?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly would. It's not. It, it's hard for me because I bought him last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Uh, I I think it was two weeks ago. I should have bought May at the time, but I bought him instead. Tried to get the jump. So I've already got him. I lo- like. I like him um, for a cash generation, even. Considering playing him as the reserve, but certainly like Nano has to go this week. You know he's earned you one hundred and fifteen thousand or something like that, one hundred thirteen thousand, which has been great, and um, it's time to move him on.
2: Desi Mitchell Moses six hundred fifty five k. He made seventy six k last round thanks to a ninety and upcoming games against the Tigers, Newcastle, and then the Cowboys. Is it too late to jump on?
1: Um. Yeah, I think you've got to be hesitant when a player is 650K and not a certified keeper in that position, you know, because as well said, you've got Heinz and Cleary at halfback. They're just absolute out-and-out keepers. So Moses is going to have to go to one of them eventually. He might make another 100K um, with that that sort of three three games ahead. He'll probably average 90 to 100 over these next few games, but he's so reliant on attacking stats um, and... The Eels have been very good. Very, very good. They look like a top three side to me, but um, the tap might turn off at any time for Moses and he could go back down to scoring 40s and 50s. And if you're still left hanging on to him, um, Cleary and Hines are going to make you pay.
2: Another guy at a similar price, Joey Manu, three-round average of ninety-nine, negative fourteen break-even, and some pretty good games coming up against the Warriors, Dragons, Bulldogs, and Dagon, uh, Dragons. Sorry. Whilst apart from your Warriors, who I'm sure are going to grind the chooks into the ground, what do you think? Is it too late? Uh,
0: I, I don't. I don't overly like the Joey Manu call, even though he's in career-best form. It's just, you know. It's sort of pick your poison. Like, if you if you said, oh, I think Joey Manu is going to be a great buy, I think then you probably wouldn't have Tedesco in your team. Um, but if you've got Tedesco, then you're probably not going to buy, like, pay up for Joey Manu because there's only so many places that the points can go, and they've got kiri and they've got Sam Walker and... You know, so there's a lot of mouths to feed in that side. If they start racking up points like last year and some of the blowouts, then yeah, possibly they can all get it. But he's very, very reliant on attacking stats. Joey Marno, even though his his form's impeccable, but he's just not a player that uh, has been overly consistent with super coach scoring.
2: There's anything to add on that? We obviously know he went on that run last year post the second buy where he uh, really sort of overtook Tupo for the most relevance in that Roosters back line.
1: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on, on Walser's side with this one. He's yeah, he's not going to score tries every single week. Oh, he might. He does look twice as strong as Tedesco right now. Um, he looks like he should be playing fullback for the Roosters in all honesty. But um, yeah, as I said, 650K is kind of like The price limit I put on myself for um, grabbing players who aren't um, out-and-out guns in that position. You might have Joey Manu as your fifth center wing, but I don't think he's top four.
2: Ruben Cotter, a guy we spoke on uh, previously, back to the bench for the Cows this week with Cohen Hess back. 430k, 49 minutes last week and a B of 11. Whilst you said you're still keen at that price?
0: Yeah, I'm really keen on him. I think he's underpriced as well. Um, you know, obviously there's been a bit of a price rise there, but I think he's, you know, he, he still value. So and he's a player that churns out consistently good scores. So I don't think that's going to change. Um, and I and I don't think it's overly relevant to the opposition either. So apart from those really really strong sides like Melbourne, Cronulla, um, and Penrith in the middle. Um, they're really gonna pro- they're gonna test him out. Um, but he'll probably do a lot of tackles in those games, so he'll 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 make up the you know, the supercoach points there. But um with the other teams, he'll test them with his uh speed around the ruck.
2: Desi Cooler last week, Manly named it fullback. I think he was just about in every single supercoach's team trade ins prior to that. Uh, being that late out named at center this week still on the bubble um and set to make price after this game is he still worth a trade in
1: uh i think so yeah i i can see why people would i can't see why people wouldn't so um he's yeah he's gonna make you money he we, we saw him already play at center um in his in his second game i think it was so he he already looks good there. He passes the eye test. Um he's gonna make you money. And I think there's still people um in your centre wing that you need to trade out. Um I know Billy Smith, for me, I need to just I think that's the trade straight to cooler this week for me.
2: Walsh?
0: Yeah, I was just wondering, boys, do you think he'll keep his spot? Because obviously I sort of I didn't pick it up in, in uh teamless um because Tui Pilatu was still um, named at winger, um, like do you expect Harper to come back in and then he moves to maybe wing or like or, like that's that's probably the uncertainty with me um, at the moment. Like I'd, I'd I'd like to bring him in, but I'm just not. And he looks really good, but I'm just not really sure where he fits into that side.
2: Yeah, the word out of Teamless Tuesday was that Morgan Harper is out with COVID, so I would expect that next week. Garrick could go back to the wing in the place of Tuopolotu and Kula could go from centre to full-back if Harper's fit to return.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, that makes him a yeah, really exciting proposition if he gets the full-back spot while Turbo's out.
2: But We'll have to see because, you know, Des, your boys, Tuopilotu, he also looked pretty good last week, didn't you think?
1: Yeah, he did look very good. Um, just a really big, strong ball runner. Yeah. Um, that's the prototype you need when, when you're looking for these sort of players in Supercoach.
2: Now, a guy who burnt myself, Des Creek, um, and about 100,000 other Supercoaches last week, Katoni Staggs. Finally came good, huge ton. Negative 10 break even, buy or avoid? Walsh, what do you think?
0: Sorry, Maxi, who was that? Katoni Staggs. Oh Stags, yeah. Um, he was one that I had at the start of the year and, and got rid of. I'm not going to jump back into him um, coming up against Penrith, but geez, he looked good. That's what we expected of him from the start, and he's a confidence player. So um, yeah, I mean, if you've held him, well done to you. And you know, you, you know, he might get back to value. You know, get a couple of hundreds at this at this point in time. He's not a priority for me to get into centre wing. Um, but actually, I've got to give a shout out to my young fella. I've got two young fellas, 13 and 15. And my youngest fella, Tyson, he was his first year playing super coach this year. And he came 184th in the last round. So he got um, he got a pretty good score. Yeah, he, he actually didn't do any trades. He held for feeder and, and stags. So yeah, he, was, he said, um, Dad, make sure you give me a shout out on the podcast
2: yeah well done tyson that's a uh, kind of patience that you know that takes years to, to gain that sort of experience so you're obviously coaching in well whilst
0: pretty good for a rookie he's got more patience than me
2: absolutely and the final guy on our hot topics list james tedesco 28 points last weekend he's got the draw maybe he doesn't have the form line though so des what's your read and what are you going to do with him
1: uh, I've been burnt by not having James Tedesco in the past, just way too badly. Um, I know what he can do. He can come good at any stage. He, just, he, was, he was kind of taking that game as a training run um, this week, unfortunately, for captains like myself. But, yeah, I just think with the draw, the Roosters are too... They've got too much quality um, for him to not start scoring points. But as I said, yeah, Joey Manu does look twice as strong as Tedesco right now, like physically stronger and faster, but Teddy might just turn it on any second.
2: And whilst as a man who doesn't have two gun fullbacks, as you revealed earlier, what do you be doing or what would you do to uh, if you're talking to Teddy owners?
0: I'll be watching and praying that he doesn't carve up <laughs> my Warriors. Maxie, that'd be the biggest thing. But I mean, in terms of everything we know about Teddy, it shapes up really well. The Warriors are vulnerable in the middle. I think he plays St. George and Gold Coast in the next couple of weeks. So you couldn't find three more better matchups for Tedesco. Like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Roosters this year. I don't know what it is. I mean, there's been a change in their spine, obviously with Kiri coming back. Um, but I could be totally wrong. I mean, you know, like they could come out and blow, start blowing teams, um, apart. You know, they've certainly got that ability, but, uh, um i'm I'm just gonna watch and hope he doesn't go off. I mean that's all you can do really He's not really a buy after a w- after the week he's had I mean you'd have to be sort of gutsy to buy him in and it goes against my strategy of uh, value propositions. so I'm gonna sit and watch and hope he doesn't do anything.
2: Final part of Hot Topics for this week. I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the Souths. There's obviously a lot of interest in them, given them in their ridiculous draw and their pedigree from, from last season. But, of course, uh, first game of the draw and the fullback goes down. So a couple of questions around this. Furley, Blake or Tafe, is it worth going early on him or wait? He's only played the one game so far, so his price rises don't kick in until next week. Walsh?
0: That's a big question. Yeah, with this cooler one, I mean, it makes a lot more sense. And I'm trying to be sensible and go with the crowd this year a little bit, but um, it makes a lot more sense to get cooler in for my second trade, um, Billy Smith to cooler, and then just wait a week on Taff. But I'm finding it really hard because I like Taff and I liked him as a play in my 17. Um, But I might have to show that restraint and just get cooler in. so I'll see how I go, but that, that's that's what I'm tossing up at the moment. Um, but I, I think Taff, if you if you haven't got two clear players that you want to get in, and you know you're tossing him up, and you've got a spot in your halfback or your fullback positions, then I'd certainly get him in. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be selling someone like a Brad Snyder or a, even an Ilias. Like if they're set to earn money, I, I think that's that's crazy. I think you've got to keep those blokes and. Um, let them earn their money and then and then move
2: them on when they're ready. Desi is a man who has issues in his halfback, and by issues I mean not owning Nico Hines. What would you do with Taff?
1: Yeah, I think I think Wilson hit the nail on the head. Uh, you can hold him unless you think that he's such a good player in your seventeen that like you just need him straight away. He's goal kicking fullback. I mean, it's we've seen that it's Supercoach Gold already, so he might come out and start averaging 80-90 pretty comfortably um, at 200k. So, But he's, yeah, like I said, you you just can wait on him. He's not going to make money for another week or two. So I just don't see any point in going early on him unless you think he's just going to tear it up.
2: Reminder of that South Straw as well. Dogs, Tigers, Manly, Broncos, Warriors, Raiders, and Tigers again. So pretty juicy. Oh, uh, next man draw. on. There's
0: just a, uh, sorry Maxi. I, I just don't know if there's enough data out there on him. Like just having mm. a look at. Uh, I normally go to the uh, NRL Super Coach that's website. He only played a few games last year. One of them was the Grand Final, and obviously we don't have the data um, on that site from for the semi-finals and the Grand Finals. Um, but I might go back to those games and have a bit of a deep dive into it just to see because sort of Desi and I were having a bit of a conversation earlier just to see whether, you know, does he play a similar role to the trail? Does he get that high scoring? Um, but I think I'm talking myself out of it. I think I'm going to go cooler at this stage.
2: Have to see how we go. And the next man on the list, Damien Cook, quietly looking lethal and running again. So 67 average so far this season. And a bit of a stat for you boys. Dug this one up just in anticipation of hosting you two experts tonight. Uh, Last year, he had seven-plus runs four times uh, in all of his games, and he's already done that three times in five games. So he's certainly got the running boots back this year. Any interest in Damien Cook?
1: Yeah, I've I've always been a fan of Cookie. Um, he was a staple in my in my team in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, obviously when he's running, he just looks super good. Um, and yeah, he's got the license to run more. It's it's as simple as that. He's always going to get you fifty tackles. He'll get you fifty base. Um, it's just a matter of upside. And with that south draw, he could really outscore Harry Grant even over the next month. I say.
0: Yeah, the thing about Cookie Desi is. Um... He's pretty consistent in playing games, you know, whereas Harry Grant's been out for this and out for that. So, I mean, when you look at the numbers this year, he's ahead on the overall points for hookers um, by about 35 points. He's ahead of um, – because Harry Grant missed, has missed two games, I think. Um, but but if you look at the averages, Harry Grant is, you know, his his average is 85 and, and Cooks is 66. So, I think if you want to run with two hookers, it's it's a great option and he's a good backup for Harry Grant as well. The only problem you run into is they're probably going to be the two state-of-origin hookers, so um, it might not be great around that buy, buy time. So I, I'm not going to get him at this stage, but I, I could see why people would want to run with the two-gun hookers.
2: Next man on the list, Cody Walker. Coming off one of the all time shockers on the weekend, despite what was was a good South victory. Could be sub five hundred K next week. Firstly, uh Des, I'll go to you. What's doing? And uh secondly, any interest in buying.
1: What's doing? I wish I knew. Um if I knew what I was doing, I would I'd know the exact time to buy Cody Walker. <laughs> but it's yeah, I just, just doesn't seem to want the ball um he's not venturing left and right as much as he as as we've seen him do in the past um i think South will click eventually just like the roosters and he'll come good but um there's just more in-form players at five right now like dylan brown and cam monster who you just have to go on form it's as simple as that pick the dudes who are in form and they'll score you points
2: and the final question here on this list about the Souths, this one is about premium CT dubs. AJ, I know the spy bought him in last week, which would have hurt. Uh, 540, 40K, 77, 77 BE uh, and versus Campbell Graham, the model of consistency this year so far, 525K, 22 BE. If you were looking at one of these two walls, who would you bring in and why?
0: Campbell Graham, just outright, um, just because he's more solid. And uh, even though you got to pay up for him, um, I'd be more confident that I'm going to get it I, I, You know, you just alluded to before the, the, fo- the form of Cody Walker, um, Latrell Mitchell's out. I mean, they're not good signs for um, Alex Johnson because, you know, you think about a lot of the tries that he's scored, it's been out the back, um, you know, or... That cutout pass from from Walker. Walker's out of form here. He hasn't had a try assist this year. I think he broke the record last year. It was thirty two try assists or something. So, no, nah, I don't like AJ at all. I'd have. To, it's a bit like Des said. You got you got to see them in form before you actually jump on. I think, particularly if you're going to pay a premium price for them.
2: Very good answer. And uh, as a Campbell Graham owner of last week, I'm I'm happy with that one. Now. Out of Hot Topics, we're into raid, round six, trades and skippers. So whilst I'll throw to you first. Who are your trades and who are your skippers and VC for this week?
0: Yeah, well, I think I've touched on a Maxi um, Nanoidacotta. I'm pretty solid on that one. And the second one will be Billy Smith to either Taff or Cooler. Um, I've already used three of my trade boosts, so I don't think I'll pull the trigger on another one. But it's tempting to get all three of them in, but I don't think I will. I might just uh, hold off on Taff unless I – Read up some information that makes me sure he's going to score sort of 75 plus. Uh, My skipper's really, really tough one for me this week. So that's going to test my patience. You know, um, I'm actually thinking maybe a tail in May or something like that against the Bronx. I think uh, no Haas. Broncos have been notoriously bad um, when they play in Sydney and Penrith are. Only complacency can get in between them and putting on 40 on the Broncos and most of it seems to be left side. So, um, yeah, Taylor May is probably more solid play than Targo. So, it would be risky, but that's the one I'm looking at.
2: Huge call. What about you, Des?
1: Um, Yeah, I think I'm locked into doing Billy Smith to Kula. For the second trade, I'm undecided whether I'm going to hold it or use it on bolstering up my forward pack. Um, I really like Tevita Pangai um, at 560k. Um, he's only 100k more than like a Josh King, who's probably going to peak pretty soon. And TPJ, we just know that um, he's a potential keeper if he can keep the edge spot and keep his head, really. If he doesn't get himself sin-binned or suspended or anything like that. Um, I think TBJ is a massive trade-in.
2: The jewel yeah. also very handy. Um, yep. particularly if you've got a afb problem like i do as well still
1: yeah that's that's for sure um and vc um i think taylon may um in the hopes that he gets a hat trick against the broncos um as well said very depleted there so and for c i think i'm going to double down on teddy um double trouble
2: Love that. Two weeks in a row. Let's hope he uh, comes good for you. I think for me, not that uh, anyone really cares, given my rank, uh, I'll be going nanite to Brody Jones and might look at a uh, Billy Smith to Cooler as well. Just to free up a bit of cash. Now... Over to the questions from social. So thanks so much for sending these guys in across Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. First one comes through, and I'll throw this one to you, Des. It comes from Cody Mergic bavista and he says, With Heinz and Pappy already, is Teddy to Moses sideways?
1: Is Teddy to Moses sideways? Oh, it's a downgrade, in fact. Teddy is significantly better than Moses.
2: Love that. Definitive. Wallace, anything to add there?
1: No, I agree, actually.
0: Yeah, you won't get any arguments with me about uh, about Moses. Don't worry about that.
2: Next question comes in from Adam Sargent. He says, I hope you lot are happy with yourselves talking up Wunga Blake. Got him in, put the C on him. Uh, pretty unfortunate with the uh, injury he picked up. So he asks, What's the best replacement for his price, which is about 460K in the Senate W?
0: Ooh. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I would say I'd I'd be going to Kula, um, or or Taff if that if that suits him and like banking the money and using it to, you know, you know, for a future trade to to Cleary or something like that. I'm um, not sure what Desi would do.
1: Yeah, I think I think similar. Um, I think you're going to need, um, Cleary and, um, Pines, and you're just going to need stacked players very soon. And we got heaps of. Heaps of mid ranges, like your kings. Both kings can be moved on pretty soon, so you're gonna need cash to light it up.
0: Hey, just on that one, boys. Um, I'm inter. I was interested to hear you say, Maxi, that Penassini's locked into that left uh, left wing position. Is that has that been confirmed that he's definitely playing left wing? Because he he strikes me as a real right side player. So I was wondering whether they'd move Bailey Simmonson over or and. And that because that makes a huge difference that left that left wing spot is you know as we've seen with Sean Russell Wong Blake I mean that's just a uh, points Bonanza really so um, has there been mail come out and saying he's definitely playing left wing
2: I'll have to have a look um, at the mail again but he's definitely got the wingers number on his back so we'll have to come back to that and uh, we'll let all the subscribers know on the website Next question comes in from Chris uh, Daltler, and he says, who is the best option to step down from Nanai as he has done his job? Des?
1: Uh, I think we've been over it. It's Brody Jones for sure.
2: Yep, good call. No argument from me. Jay Sharp says, with Haas out, are you playing both kings or looking for another front row forward? Whilst I think we said earlier that Haas is definitely a hold.
0: Yeah, Haas is a hold. I've got Joy Arrow. Um, if you've got Tamalolo, you could... And you didn't want to play Josh King, you can swap them over. Sit Josh King on the bench in your second row forwards, and play Tamalolo and someone like Arrow or you know Max King, um, depending on who you've got, I guess you know. But if you, if uh, you know if you, if you've only got the Kings, and you know you have to go with them, they're about 50, 50 points average, maybe sixty points for Josh King. He's got a bit of upside.
2: Next question comes in from Husey FPL, and he says, uh, given the Tigers look like the team to target, is it worth saying goodbye to Schneider for Moses, who looks a great captaincy shout plus a decent draw? Walsh? Whilst...
0: Look, I don't want to advise anyone against this because, I mean, it's really minimal risk play. You know, he's got a, he's got a negative break even. And if you're using it as a short-term play to get to Cleary, I can see that it's you know it's probably going to work. I mean, there's like Desi said, there's probably no way he no unless he gets injured that he doesn't make oh, seventy-five to hundred k. But Moses has not been notorious for having attacking stats and running the ball. There's been long periods in his career where he hasn't run the ball. So this is of more out of character the last two weeks than normal. So he will get the goal kicks if they have blowout scores. So I would just say really, really think about what you're doing. But, yeah, if you're happy with it, go with it. What do you reckon, Desi?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'm going to say heavily against it. I, I just think Schneider's really good. I think people are... You know, it, it's going over some people's heads a bit how good Schneider really is. Uh, he's averaging like 40, 45 in base for a halfback. The Raiders are playing like absolute shit, really. Mm. And a- as we said, well, the Raiders will come out soon and they'll tower some teams in Canberra. Yeah. It, it yeah. might even be this week. Um, and Schneider could go 100, 140, 150, and people will be thinking, like like Sam Walker did last year, came out and scored. Big 150 scores, and everyone was like, This kid's a you know, he's a god, he's a super coach god. But at Schneider, he's got the base to back it up. If he, if the, if, uh, the Raiders really do start putting on some points, he's he's going to be very good, third best halfback. By yeah,
0: him. I certainly agree with Desi that, um, Snyder's done nothing to you know justify you trading him out. And I'm not sure I'm on the same path as in like he can go that big because I, I see Snyder as a left side half that's playing on the right side out of necessity. Um, I've seen him in the trials and he looked outstanding playing on the left side, but he's never going to get that left side position because of Jack Whiten. But what I will say about Snyder is the only question mark about him is if, well, if Matt Tomoko is out with the injury and Jared Croker comes in, does he lose the goal kicking? Because that's significant. You know, like when, you know, I expect them to maybe score four, five, maybe six tries against the Cows um, at home. Uh, Although Thursday nights are usually (laughs) nights I try to avoid because they're stinkers. But yeah, like um, he's he's probably not a bad player in your 17 this week if if he's got that goal kicking.
2: Next question comes in from Ian Bird, and he asks, "What do you think about the long term prospects of Xavier Coates? Is he a keeper due to his high scoring offense that he's a part of, or should we look at a shift once his price rises in shortly? The Storm appear to be a hard team to read on matchups. What do you reckon, Des?"
1: Uh, I'm going to say no to Xavier Coates being a keeper. I mean, he he looked very good, but we saw he got, what, 14 points or something on the weekend, something terrible. So he's going to have those games where he just does nothing. Um, and yeah, even when he does score tries, he's still only getting 60, 70 points with a try. Um, so yeah, not even close to a keeper for mine.
2: Whilst anything to add there, is he one of your value propositions?
1: No, he's not. Because
0: and and for that reason too, if you go back and have a look at the Storm wingers, um, over the last few years, they just they're rocks and diamonds. I mean, you know, and Storms are very um game game plan dependent. You know, one one week they'll go all right, another week they'll go left, you know, so and that that's that's the way they play and um they're not worried about super coach points for their wingers, you know. So um I, I agree with Desi. I think, you know, you're going to get some times where his base is so low, it's a bit like Josh Adokar was there. The the advantage he's got is he he can jump and score those tries um, in the air, which um, Adokar didn't have, so he's more likely to jag a lot more tries than Adokar, but, um, yeah, not for me.
2: Well, thanks, boys. That's going to wrap us up here for the SC Playbook podcast for round six. And tell you what, it's been an absolute pleasure to host you two uh, and sit here in the in the very big shoes that uh, Tim Williams has left here. As I said before, our thoughts are with him and the family. Uh, a really tough time, uh, but whilst huge performance from you, mate. Thanks again.
0: Thanks, Maxie. Thanks, Desi.
2: There's all the best, mate. Another great performance from you as well.
1: Yeah. Cheers, Maxie. Well done.
2: Thank you. And good luck to all the super coaches this week here. Don't trust Jimbo and all the best with your trades.